Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The Bible tells us often, do not fret. We usually think of this as do not worry or be anxious, but the original meaning also has an edge of anger to it. Don't get hot under the collar, as we might say today. Pastor J.D. reminds us to stay focused on Christ. No matter where this world is headed, Jesus is victorious. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update, as shared on October 5th, 2021. For today's update, I want to talk with you about how it is that we can actually and truly not fret or become angry because of evildoers and their wicked schemes. Doubtless you already know the psalm from which I've titled today's update, which is a psalm of David recorded as Psalm 37. If I could have you join me there, I'll begin reading verse 1 through verse 15, then also verses 23 to 25. I truly believe with all my heart that the Lord has a word for us today, and this is what the Spirit would say to us, His church. A Psalm of David one of my favorite psalms. I know I say that about all the psalms, but this one in particular. Do not fret. These first three words in this first verse we will read again no less than three times. And I need to point something out concerning the word fret because we are prone to understand it as don't worry, don't get anxious, don't, you know, be concerned. But really in the original it carries with it the idea of becoming hot, angry. We have that saying, hot under the collar. That's kind of what this word means. Don't get angry because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For, verse 2, they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Verse 3. Now we're turning a corner here, and I want to draw your attention to that which David, by the Holy Spirit, encourages us 
to do. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. I like that. Feed to the full on His faithfulness. Verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. I'm sure many of you know this verse very well known. Maybe what's not so well known is that it's God who first puts that desire in your heart, and then gives you the delight. Did you know that? He gives us that desire in our heart, the desire of our heart, and then it becomes a delight. We delight ourselves also in the Lord, and then He gives us that which we delight in, the desires of our heart. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Verse 6, He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Verse 7, you need to make a list here. We've got quite a few things here, right? Trust, delight, wait, commit. And now verse 7, this is hard for some of us, rest. Rest in the Lord. And wait. Do you hate to wait? Wait patiently for Him. And here it is again, do not fret, because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, verse 10, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will Look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But, verse 11, the meek shall inherit the earth. You might want to tell them that, because they think they are. That's what this is all about. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just, and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord, verse 13, laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. 
the wicked have drawn the syringe, I'm sorry, sword. and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Verse 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, verse 24, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And I want you to listen very carefully to verse 25. This is David from the heart of David, who had a heart after God's own heart, the sweet psalmist of Israel. At the time that he writes this psalm, pens these words to this song, he's now older, up there in years. He says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. I think that's a word from the Lord for us today. Would you agree? We see all that's happening in the world, and certainly we're all prone to give in to this fear and this fretting and this anger. I wanted to start out this way for a number of reasons, chief of which is that we must hang on to these promises if we're to have any hope, if we're to hold on to any hope. This because of the evildoers who are perpetrating wicked schemes the likes of which we've never seen, nor arguably will ever see again. Thankfully, Psalm 37 and many passages like it are much needed reminders that God restrains the evil and sustains the righteous. And it's evidenced in the powerful but God testimonies we've been sharing over the last couple of weeks. Oh, how I wish you could have read all of these as I did. I do want to share some more of them today at the end. By the way, please know that Just because your but God testimony wasn't shared doesn't mean it wasn't read. Not only were they read, some are being prayed for as well. Now why do I mention this? Because testimonies are powerful. In fact, of the Revelation saints, as we affectionately refer to them, In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, we're told, 
and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And, listen, they did not love their lives to the death. We need to talk about this last part of the verse, if you don't mind. They didn't love their life to the death? Yeah. That's how they overcame? Yeah. By the word of their testimony and the blood of, their la- of the Lamb, and not loving their life even unto death? Yeah. You know, as I've reflected on the last year and a half, I've sensed that the Lord is doing a profoundly deep work in the lives of His people. Specifically, that of loosening our ever-tightening grip on this world, not our home, and the things of this world. And the Lord in His love for us does this to ready us for the rapture, which is imminent. Listen to what the Apostle John wrote in his first epistle, chapter 2. I'll begin reading in verse 15. He says by the Holy Spirit, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but but is of the world. And the world is passing away, dying. When our daughter was dying, we said of her, she's passing away. And when she died, she passed away. That's what John is saying. The world is dying. And the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. If you'll kindly allow me to, I'd like to share with you reasons as to why there is absolutely no doubt that we are literally in the last hour as we know it. You'll forgive me for the bluntness with which I say this, but the evil satanic plan to destroy man is not only afoot and gaining much in the way of traction, but it is swiftly reaching its intended end. 
I'll begin with what's being dubbed the Spartacus letter that a number of people sent me last week. We've included a link to the 48-page PDF file. You can download it. It's on our website. I would encourage you to read it. Don't be discouraged when you do. Uh, The writer obviously, clearly, has a firm grasp on medical terminology. It's very technical. And it's obviously written by somebody who knows what he's talking about. So what I did was, prayerfully and carefully as I read through it, and then reread it, and just prayed and asked the Lord to give me wisdom and discernment from above, to know what to share with you from this. So what follows are excerpts in no particular order from this must-read letter. Here's the first one. If this evil plan is allowed to continue, it will spell the end of humanity as we know it. By the way, nowhere in this letter is there any indication that the writer is a professing Christian. Here's another one. And this comes on the heels of a very detailed explanation of the current technology available, some of which we've talked about in prior updates. Quote, If the vaccine is a method to surreptitiously introduce an injectable BCI, which is a brain-computer interface, into millions of people without their knowledge or consent, then what we are witnessing is the rise of a tyrannical regime unlike anything ever seen before on the face of this planet, one that fully intends to strip every man, woman, and child of our free will. Parenthetically, let me say that this comports with Bible prophecy, specifically in the book of Daniel chapter 2, concerning the final kingdom on earth. Daniel writes, like none of the kingdoms before it, nor after it. Iron mixed with clay. Here's the next one. The vaccines for COVID-19 are not sterilizing and do not prevent infection or transmission. They are leaky vaccines. This means they remove the evolutionary pressure on the virus to become less lethal. It also means that the vaccinated are perfect carriers. In other words, those who are vaccinated are a threat to the unvaccinated, not the other way around. Here's another quote, and I think I might have mentioned this in passing last week. This is a quote. Make no mistake. Intubation will kill people who have COVID-19. 
Here's another one. Gain of function, gain of threat research, aka dual use research of concern, or DURC, D-U-R-C, is bioweapon research by another friendlier sounding name, simply to avoid the taboo of calling it what it actually is. It has always been bioweapon research. Last quote. It's an excuse to coerce people into accepting an injected poison, which may be a depopulation agent, a mind control pacification agent in the form of injectable smart dust or both in one. They believe they can get away with this by weaponizing the social stigma of vaccine refusal. The aim now is to exert total, full-spectrum, physical, mental, and financial control over humanity before we realize just how badly we've been extorted. Might I add that this letter in its entirety is almost verbatim what we're told in Bible prophecy will happen at the time of the end. The second one is a video of a Dr. Pierre Gilbert 26 years ago, back in the year 1995, and it further reinforces this aforementioned letter. And this is a quote. In the biological destruction there are the organized tempests on the magnetic fields, What will follow is a contamination of the bloodstreams of mankind, creating intentional infections. This will be enforced via laws that will make vaccination mandatory. 26 years ago, still quoting, And these vaccines will make it possible to control people. The vaccines will have liquid crystals that will become hosted in the brain cells, which will become micro-receivers of electromagnetic fields where waves of very low frequencies will be sent. And through these low-frequency waves, people will be unable to think. You'll be turned into a zombie. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. 
Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.